This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the June 25th edition of the Rotor World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Get ready to break down what's going to be a kind of a quiet week. I'll find a little week off here from the draft. Free agency, the coming weekend should be awesome next weekend. Uh, with me to talk about a little bit more draft talk, some press conferences, all that good stuff is Tommy Beer. What's up, man? The calm before the storm, my friend. Yeah, it's going to be dead this week, but uh, it's, it's kind of nice to get. It's going to be, I mean, July is awesome. Summer yes. League, baby. Yes, yes. I know I know. Summer League is your Christmas. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, this week should be quiet, but, um, you know, we say that, and uh, then we got a four-team Kawhi Leonard blockbuster tomorrow. So, yeah, uh, right. Before we do, uh, let's talk about our sponsor, Draft. Uh, a great week to hit up Draft for the best ball leagues. It's, yeah, there's nothing, like we said, nothing really going on this week, so you can just hop on Draft, the, the App Store, or Draft.com, uh, get fantasy football season, it's pretty much good time to get, I'm going to probably prep a little, you going to prep a little bit this week for fantasy football? I'll, I'll start to keep an eye on some stuff, definitely, uh, you know, just scrolling through Roto World, kind of, it's it good because it forces you to just, any, any major news. Yeah. Um, jumps out at you you know yep uh, it's gonna be close man i usually start prepping after summer league i start to prep so now it's a good time to kind of get some seeds planted and see where guys are drafting uh it, it's just nice just for three bucks you hop in there and um you could uh, you could actually sign up for free if you go to draft or draft.com and use our promo code rw for a limited time only uh, so you could play for free just again search draft in the app store or go to draft.com and play for free with the promo code rw Okay, let's talk about some news from the weekend. Uh, a lot of Markel Fultz talk. I thought that was interesting. There was good, bad, indifferent, but just buzz. Um, really, a couple things. One, he was reportedly on the block, which isn't surprising. We heard rumors that they were trying to package him, the 10th pick, and their pick in the 20s uh, to move up to the top five to land whoever. Uh, and they also made another trade, which they did do, uh, with Zaire Smith and... The Mikel Bridges deal to get a 2021 unprotected pick from Miami, which is going to be a good pick. Uh, and then also, uh, Drew Hanlon's been working with Markel Fultz, and Hanlon himself said that he's way ahead of schedule. They're basically totally reworking his jump shot from set shot, and now he's already jumping two weeks in. So it's pretty intense, man. So what do you make of this whole Markel Fultz situation? Well, first, I, I thought the news that he's working with Drew Hanlon was – that's really significant. Um, Hanlon's one of the top guys in, in, the, in, the, in the entire industry in terms of uh, fundamentals, trainers. Um, you know, if anybody can build a shot up from the, from the ground floor. Um, you know, he worked with uh, Jason Tatum and, and a bunch of other guys that, that has had – Bradley real Beal, Mo Bamba, Westbrook for a minute. ton of guys and, and shown some, some real dramatic impact. And I, I think just faults – um, admitting that there's an issue there, needs to rework it. You know, like Lonzo Ball should be in the gym with Drew Hanlon, for instance. <laughs> Man, that would be – he doesn't want to, though. 
Exactly. Summer. And that's kind of my point. Just the fact that Fultz is, it seems like he's willing to, um, you know, it's part of the reworking a shot and rebuilding a shot is admitting there's a problem with your shot. Mm. Um, it seems like Fultz is ready to commit to that. Um, and if he can improve, I, I think he's a kind of underrated asset right now. Um, that's why it was so interesting to see that the Sixers were willing to move him. Um, if I'm another team, I would definitely kick the tires and see what it takes. Um, as we know with Colangelo out of there, maybe the, the new front office will be looking to, to kind of move on. Um, we shall see. Um, but uh, it does, unfortunately, it doesn't sound like Fultz is going to play in summer league, so we probably won't get a look at him. Um, the Sixers, understandably, are kind of, it looks like they're going to try to keep him under wraps. Um, and, and not put him in game stress situations until he's got a good, you know, two, three months of muscle memory on that new jumper, um, as opposed to running him out there. And if he struggles, that could kind of set him back emotionally, mentally, um, which is, you know, it, it sounds like it's, you know, at least 50 percent of the, the work right now is just coming over some mental blocks. Um, there was a report that he had the yips um, and, and just couldn't work through that. So um, he's one of the more fascinating players, you know, obviously. Plenty of rookies coming to the league next season and, and plenty of other storylines. Um, but Fultz, it sounds like he could start a shooting guard, it was reported. Um, there's just a lot of intrigue there with the players talented. I don't know if you saw that YouTube, um, Instagram live uh, clip of him, uh, you know, you know, putting on a little dribbling display there. Um, he's, a ta- he's a talented dude, um, crazy athleticism, good hops, um, you know, obviously. But the key, the linchpin of it all is if he can knock down jump shots next season. Yep. Um, yeah, Fultz has been retweeting all his own self-publicity, um, yep. which I, I have a notification for some reason. I never took him off. It was like some Embiid thing, and I put him on notifications. But anyways, um, speaking of notifications, my phone's going off. But um, yeah, uh, a couple other things too. Like Brett Brown po- totally said, we don't care really about anything. It starts and ends with his jumper. So, like you said, they don't care about putting him in game situations. They want him to fix his jumper, and they really don't care if everything else takes a step back in his progression. Like, it's fix your jumper, and then we'll work from there. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be um, – we're probably not going to see him in something, which is unfortunate. He got somebody cut short last year. So, But, um, yeah, we'll see a lot of guys uh, for the Sixers. Hopefully we get a plenty of Zaire Smith. I can't wait to see him, uh, who guy didn't really watch much of. But yeah, he's apparently the real deal. Another uh, point guard that's got a lot of buzz is Eli Akobo, French point guard. The Suns took him at 31st. Ryan McDonough said that they had him, quote-unquote, uh, way ahead of the 31st spot. Uh, and a lot of guys fell, but apparently he's their guy. Again, they already maxed him. They pushed back Tyler Ulysses' situation to guarantee his money. So it sounds like they may cut him and give Akobo a chance. Um and then also, uh, John Gavadora, who follows the team pretty closely, he kind of hinted that they think Brendan Knight may start, um, which I was kind of surprised to see that. I thought that was worth a mention. Uh, I don't know about I, Actually, I, I didn't really give Knight the time of day until I saw that tweet. Um, so what are you making the whole Suns point guard situation? I'm, I'm a big Okobo fan. Uh, we know Igor Kokoskov is a big guard development guy. So um, definitely a guy is firmly on the radar, even like a 10 team. I would just make sure to see what this thing breaks down. Definitely keep him on the radar, especially in dynasty leagues. This, uh, you know, the, and the, the McDonough wasn't given lip service there. There were a lot of teams that had uh, a Kobo high on their draft boards. Most, a lot of mocks had him in the late teens, early twenties. Um, he's a talented dude. He had like 44 points in one of the, in, in one of his final playoff games um, in, in the French league. 
Um, he can score in bunches, put up points, um, and there and that's an exciting Suns uh, Suns team. All of a sudden, he's got some talented teammates. Um, you know, pick and rolls with him and Aiton, and obviously Devin Booker. He's got plenty of guys that can put the ball in the basket. Um, so there's there's a lot of intrigue there. Yeah, that's I, I think Knight is a obviously an interesting wild card in the situation. The the, the deal there is he's got about thirty two plus million dollars left in, in two years on his contract. So I suspect the Suns will do everything possible to try to build his value up to something resembling, um, you know, where they could either dump the contract or at least include him in a deal uh, without having to give a, a first or something like that to kind of get off the money, which they wouldn't do. They would just let it, you know, let it eat out the, the final two years. But um, I think, uh, you know, with a guy like that taking up that much money, um, you hope to get something of value. Um, so. Obviously, we'll keep an eye on training camp and the preseason, but um, certainly some some interesting upside, something to keep an eye on there. Yep, and then a couple of the things the Suns tied into were they really talked up pace, um, which a team they, they want to run. They were dead last in offense and defensive rating last year, uh, so they got to rework everything. Um, but to their credit, that was kind of by design because <laughs> they were tanking so hard. But, um, yeah, everything sounded great, uh, just to tie in eight as well. They said they really want to run. He said the whole time he's like, yeah, I want to run as fast as I can, score as many points as we can. Um, so, that, I mean, everything I heard from Aiden's press conference sounded awesome, obviously. It's not going to sound bad. Uh, although, I will add, though, the Grizzlies, they had talk-down pace. They were like, oh, yeah, we're not going to score fast. We're going to try to score off extra passes. And I was like, dude, what are you – like, oh, it's so rough. Um, just the Grizzlies, man. Yeah, just one other thing with the Suns and Aiden related. Um, it sounds like they're leaning towards not guaranteeing the, the, um, the Alvin Williams contract, Alan Williams contract. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, obviously you have to assume that lends a, a free, unrestricted free age as well. He's going to skip town. Um, if they go into the season with just Aiden and, and uh, Tyson Chandler serving as a mentor slash backup, Aiden could look at a ton, he could be looking at a ton of minutes right away as a rookie. Yeah, he's got to be the top pick for redraft, right? Um. I'm a big Doncic guy. Yeah, um, but big bigs are thin. Was, was I wanted to add? True, true. But yes, I think Aiden's right there. I mean, he's he's um, you know he's a decent free throw shooter too. Um, there's I think he's a little bit overrated. I'm a little bit worried about how he's going to you know translate how, how his stats will translate to the next level. Um, but I think the Suns will be focused on getting involved. So um, yeah, I think he's, he's he's he has a very high upside. That yeah, top. I, I love Doncic too. We'll talk about him. He's also maybe he could be a big man. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. True. But um, yeah, I, I'm kind of all in on Aiton. Uh, I thought his blood and also. Igor said that he wants him to be an elite rim protector, elite defender. Uh, he really, really, really talked him up, like more so than other dudes. And I was surprised once they talked him up. And putting that in perspective, too, it just sounded wild. Uh, okay, so let's talk about your home turf. Uh, some Knicks, a lot going on here. Uh, Kylo Quinn's a free agent. Cantor's still undecided. You would think he picks up the option. Maybe he doesn't. Um, and then Mitchell Robinson. Um, they talked him up a little bit. They really like him. Possibly could get minutes. And then also, Fisdale uh, re- releasing some information about his rotation that he didn't want to start Courtney Lee and Tim Hardaway Jr. together because they're too small, which opened the door up for Kevin Knox to possibly start the three, which he did place in three at Kentucky. So um, he's got the size. He's pretty athletic. Got to work on his defense. But um, definitely, if you're a, a Kevin Knox guy or you're thinking about a guy you could draft outside the top five with some dynasty appeal, Knox looks pretty good. What do you think? Um, yes, I I like Knox's upside. I'm a 
I'm hesitant to believe that they'll throw him into the deep end right away. Remember, this is he's just 18 years old. He was the third youngest player in the entire draft. Um, you know, I, I, I tweeted out the other day, Knox wasn't even born when the Knicks played the Spurs in the 1999 NBA Finals to kind of put into respect of, one, how old I am um, and uh, just how young Knox is. Um, so, I, again, he, he did average 15 points at Kentucky. Um, his points per possession um, were encouraging. He was actually um, uh, fourth in the of all freshmen and the other th- the top three picks, Aiton, Young, and Bagley were the only three guys who scored more points per possession, according to Synergy in the half court. Um, jump shot is fluid. Um, it can put the ball on the floor. Um, can already navigate pick and rolls quite well. Has a little floater. Great touch in and around the basket. Um, hasn't re- had you know it doesn't even rely on his athleticism too much. I think that'll improve um, as he gets in the gym and kind of develops into his body. Um, so long term, there's a lot to like there in terms of a dynasty guy. I'm not as high as I as some others might be um, heading into his rookie season. But that being said, you bring up an important point. Um, about Fisdale, not only that he's unwilling to, or, or his preference would, is not to start Lee and, and Hardaway together. He's also hinted time and again, and everyone in the organization, Mills, uh, General Manager Scott Perry, that they are committed to building these young guys. Um, there's no, uh, you know, there's no even talk of playoffs or being competitive. You know, in other words, they understand that, especially with Porzingis missing the first half of the season, at least, that this is a rebuilding year. Um, the best scenario for them is to get a high, another high lottery pick in 2019. They have the first round pick. They are going to play their young guys. So even if they struggle, I think they're going to give Knox plenty of minutes uh, is the other side of the coin. Uh, even if he doesn't play well or, or, or you know, he's going to struggle defensively right off the bat. No two ways about it. Um, but I think they are committed to playing um, um, their, their young guys. And, and Robinson, their second round pick, um, he could be a block and rebound guy. Um, it'll, you know, as far as Cantor goes, I would be shocked if he didn't opt into the, the final year of his deal, his 18.6 million. Uh, if he if he comes out, I think is, you know, maybe he makes 10 million annually um, as a backup big. The, the league is just going away from, you know, the, the direction of what he brings to the table, kind of a bruising low post back to the basket scorer. Although he has shown some some tape this summer working on his three point shot. I think if he stays in New York, actually, I think you're going to see him attempt a lot more three pointers. Um, Fizdale, as we know, uh, during his loan season in Memphis, Gasol went from a, I think he tempted like 53 pointers in his career to making 150, um, you know, during that, that breakout season um, with the Grizzlies two years ago. So, um, yeah, so I, all things considered, uh, you know, um, I, again, I, with, with especially with O'Quinn opting out, I think Cantor will see that there's plenty of playing time there for him. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah. So just to come back to Knox really quick, Going over the top 10, um, I mean, like I said, pretty much every guy is in a pretty good spot um, for development and lack of competition. Really, Jaron Jackson, the only guy that kind of lost value on draft day, I thought. So, I mean, if you're looking at the draft board, I don't know if I would take Knox ahead of anyone that was drafted ahead of him. I mean, Colin Sexton's in a prime spot. Sounds like he's going to have ample opportunity. Even Ty said he's going to take him under his wing, kind of develop him as a as a person, not just a basketball player. Um, I love Wendell Carter. I think he was a big winner. Uh, again, obviously the Hawks with Trey Young, he gained tremendous value going there. Donches we'll talk about in a second. But, um, yeah, I mean, if we're, if we're doing redraft, I think Knox is probably, like, ninth. Um, 
if I if I'm doing like a rookie redraft draft. Yeah, I'd 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 had I'd have him and Wendell Carter neck and neck, and probably Jaron Jackson as well. I think <clears throat> I think of those three guys, Knox might might average the most minutes. I guess it depends on what the Bulls want to do with their front court. Bobby Porter sticks around, um, but uh, yeah, well, yeah, I, I guess Wendell Carter could definitely see a ton of minutes. And, you know, they play him at the four and the five. Um, so I guess it depends on how quickly they want to bring him along as well. Okay, so we can move on um, to talk some other rookies here. Actually, let's talk about one player who is going to duck sick, uh, as he would say. (laughs) Um, That's uh, Carmelo Anthony, not surprisingly, taking that $28 million. It was a no-brainer. It's only one year of his life. He's probably not going to enjoy this year, but he will enjoy getting $28 million in his bank account. Um, so ramifications from this, uh, and again, we t- Carmelo went like what, like 150 something in the in the mock that we did, um, and I mean we don't really need to talk about Melo, but really the trickle down from this is Paul George dipping. I think that's probably my biggest takeaway. Yeah, I, I, it's it's a difficult situation. I mean, it sounds like he was happy there. I, you know, it's just I'd be guessing if I said if I if I had a, a, if I was leaning one way or the other. I'm surprised that, that that there's been so much talk that he's still considering staying. Um, I think one kind of ramification might be uh, Jeremy Grant. It sounds like the the Thunder might have to lose him because of Melo opting in. Um, the other thing, though, I wouldn't be surprised if Melo Melo takes a buyout. Um, you know, he's got 28 million in the bank. What could he get on the on the free market if he if he decides to take a buyout? How much would he be willing to give back to OKC? Um, you know, if LeBron tries to put the banana boat together in L.A., um, you know, would he accept you know you know 20 million from OKC and then try to make up that eight million or you know or somewhere close to it um, on a one year deal somewhere else or a multi year deal at five or six million per? Um, so that that might be something that he could consider down the road. I never really thought about a buyout. That's actually probably that makes sense. I mean, the OKC doesn't want him there. No, 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 no. Yeah, so why not? I mean, and even like the whole Westbrook, Ice Cube, no Vaseline line where he's by himself. Like it makes it everything just suggests that OKC is going to have nobody. Well, obviously Stephen Adams, and I mean they're already pretty much like I think five or six guaranteed contracts are over a hundred mil already. Yep. So, yeah, because Adams got paid at Westbrook, what, 35.6, I think it is, for his cap number. So Robertson has a, has a couple more years left yeah, on his deal. Yep. So they're in a pretty tough spot. Um, moving on, uh, Wilson Chandler also opted in, no surprise. Uh, Going to be, what, 31? So he's getting there for a guy who's been hurt a lot. So one more good year, and then he's going to kind of hit the free market for what's probably going to be his last chance. Uh, any sort of takeaway here? Uh, also another tie in the rookie factor. Uh, what did you make of Michael Porter really quick? Uh, it sounds like they may redshirt him, which is kind of wild, but it makes sense. This guy was not walking well on Thursday. Yeah, I think they're going to end up at least sitting him out the first five or six months. I could see him bringing it back to the last month just to kind of get his feet underneath him and um, maybe try to build his confidence going to the next season. Um, but yeah, just I, obviously Wilson Chandler is the beneficiary there of the, of the Nuggets taking him as opposed to another wing um, that, that could get minutes right away. Um, but yeah, I think Porter, um, it's Porter scares me to death. A lot of Knicks fans were upset that, you know, the Knicks didn't roll the dice on Porter. I would have, I would have steered clear. I wouldn't have touched him. Um, it's just too, too, you know, I understand the upside significant, but back injuries and athletes are something that, that tend not to get much significantly better and just go away. If anything, they tend to get worse over time with tear. Um, so while I understand the, the, the nuggets rolling the dice there, um, I personally probably would have shied away. 
Um, but uh, we'll see how it turns out. Yep. Um, like I said in the last pod, someone compared it to the Tiger Woods surgery yeah. with his back. We knew how that went. <laughs> that was not good. Again, I mean, and I, I make the Gallinari comparison too. A guy that had back problems in his early career, and he has been uh, Mount Rushmore of like most injury prone players that are like still in the NBA or what? Like Gallo's always hurt. Yeah, and that's and that's part of it's related to the back. You know, sometimes yeah. if the back stays healthy, then your hip is jammed up, and you know, soft tissue muscle, you know, in and around the leg. So it's just a, it's a scary, dicey proposition. Yeah, your back is connected to a lot of things, <laughs> so yep. definitely some trouble there. Uh, okay, let's talk. I want to talk about some uh, position flexibility. Probably my favorite topic. Um, three key guys had some interesting quotes. I'm going to start with Luka Doncic. Um, Rick Carwell said he's intrigued by playing him at power forward. I love that. Uh, so you're talking about four positions for this guy. 6'8", 230, he has the size to do it. Um, again, just oozing with confidence and just great things. Um, DSJ's on board, even Harry B's on board. Everyone just loved this pick. And everyone, even non-Dallas, like, I love this pick so much. I would have given up like three firsts. Uh, for him, especially since it's top five protected if you do flop next year. Um, and again, the Mavs want to convey this pick next year. And I love it. Um, so yeah, I think, like I said, I, I would take eight in first in redraft, but Doncic is right there at number two. Pretty pretty close. Uh, yeah, we're both on the same page. Even the, the, the pod we did before the draft, we were both really high on Doncic. I would have taken him number one overall if I was the Suns. Um, I, I rarely, rarely reach for rookies um, in, in fantasy drafts. <laughs> Got to come around now. Uh, he's, he, I, I'm, I'll make an exception for Doncic. I'm just <laughs> super high on him. I, I just, you know, the, everything he brings to the table, the Mavs are trying to win. Um, he's got a great mentor in Dirk. Um, the position flexibility is, is another added bonus. That's like a, just a cherry on top. Um, even if he doesn't play well, there's things that, you know, he, he has a high floor. He'll get assists. He'll re, he rebounds well. Um, you know, he, he's a good, he's an efficient shooter. Um, he's not going to kill you from, you know, you know, from the floor or from the free throw line. Um, you know, get some steals. There's just so much to like there. Um, and, and I think that the, the, he's in a good situation with a good coach, you know, that's going to develop him correctly, a good system, a good organization, um, that they, there's just a lot to like there. I, I'm high on him. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I would, I would definitely consider taking him over Aiden even. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to call you out real quick. Uh, you're not on team rookie yet. And I'm, we got, Ryan was very anti-team rookie. I know Jonas and I are probably more team rookie than any, but, uh, most people, but, um, Dude, I'm telling you, like, the last two years, especially last year, man, the rookie impact was is just so high. Yes, last year was a year to be team. I guess like the things like Donovan Mitchell, obviously he exceeded expectations, but I was higher on marketing than most. I think it just depends on where, where and when you are. Um, you know, there, there tends to be a drop off. Like I'm, I actually probably higher on Trey Young than most. Yeah, you are. You're you're Mr. Trey Young. Uh, yeah. I think, you know, just, the, you know, obviously a lot depends on, you know, the team you go to and can the Hawks move Schroeder. And there, there's a lot of other variables in play with, with Young. Um, but, I, but I just think there's certain guys get overhyped in, in you know, in, in certain situations. Um, you know, we, in other words, we don't necessarily – this year, as you mentioned, one through eight probably follows a pretty strict order in terms of, you know, where guys that get drafted. But in years past, you know, um, a lot of it – like, you know, for instance, the, the, those that paid attention in summer league knew that Kuzma was going to get minutes 
minutes. And, you know, mm-hmm. again, that the, the Lakers were a team that was going to tank and he was going to get plenty of playing time. He proved that he could play. Um, so I think it I shouldn't say I'm solely against rookies, but I'm I guess I'm over. Uh, uh, you know, I, tr- I tend to be a little more conservative on, on rookies at the top of the draft board. I'll just say that. Yeah. So I'm just to, so tie this in with uh, the mock that we did. So just some names that went around Doncic and Jonas took him at the end of round six, last pick round six. So some names that went in there. Um, I took Lou Williams three picks before. I would still take Lou Williams all day with Doncic on the board. Uh, Darren Collison went in that neighborhood, and then that, that's kind of it. There was like pretty much a and Schroeder went in that round as well. I would take Doncic over Schroeder though. Uh, I'm not a Schroeder guy. Well, Rubio though, um, that's interesting. I think I would probably still lean Rubio. Right, but um, yeah, that Doncic is going to go round six, round five. If, if you're where, super where, aggressive, where did Aiton go in our draft? Early, because uh, it was a homer pick. Uh, I think he went late third. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's too high. Yeah, he went eleventh pick, round three, so thirty-five. Yeah. That's right. too high. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's, but I'm I guess... down. I mean, you look at the next couple rounds, like, er, er, yeah. I mean, Jared Allen's a big one. I would still take Jared Allen over Aiton. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's close, though. I was still thinking. Yeah, I mean, listen, Aiden, there's a chance he can average 18 and, and, and 10. I mean, right off the yeah. bat. I mean, this guy's that talented. Yeah, I would take him over Marcus Saul. I would take him over, obviously, Howard, Adams. So he's right in that tier. He's, he's in the Jared Allen tier for sure. Yeah, see, I would go Gasol ahead of him. Okay. Would, that's the type of thing where I, just, I would pick the, the veteran. I just, I won't draft Grizzlies. I refuse. <laughs> Although you got Tatum, I'm um, sorry, Conley at 78, I think it was. That's that's okay. a steal. Yes, yes. I don't think that's going to happen again. Uh, people are just bitter. Maybe the bitterness will subside down the line. <laughs> right. uh, okay, so uh, other position guys. Marvin Bagley could play some small forward. Um, noteworthy because he himself said he could play the five. I don't think that's going to happen. Ryan McDonough admitted that he does not think Bagley can play the five. And I kind of get the sense that the Kings don't feel that either. Also noteworthy because maybe Collie Stein can get minutes. Um, maybe Scal, but it feels like Scal is pushed way down on the totem pole. And then Harry Giles coming in the mix too. So, man, the Kings are going to be something to watch, man. I mean, they got a lot going on here. But apparently they want it to be the Duke boys. They want to be bad <laughs> and Harry Giles. Giles. In secret, in secret, Harry yeah. Giles. Yeah. Um, Shh, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody that we're telling everybody this. <laughs> um, as far as Bagley goes, I'm a little bit concerned about his reality prospects. I think defensively, he's you know he's going to have a tough time. He's, but I think from a fantasy standpoint, he's a guy that's going to put up fantasy points. Mm. Um, you know, he's a double double guy right out of the shoot. Um, a 2010 guy before too long. Um, I think he does have that kind of upside. I think he will reach it. Um, he may give up 30 points on the other end. Mm. Um, but I'll be interested to see if he can start developing NBA three-point range. I think that's kind of the, one of the keys to his NBA success. If he can start, if he can knock down a three-pointer game or 1.53s and shoot you know, 35%, you know, league average from three, um, that is going to, you know, kind of trans. You know, I think that's that'll be a major impact. He can he can be a difference maker um, before too long. And I think right out right out right you know right out of the gate as a rookie, um, they're going to give him plenty of playing time. Um, you know, Zach Randolph. We'll see what happens with him. He's another guy. I wouldn't be 
shocked that they bought him out um, or, you know, if, if how much they want him to mentor Bagley and those guys. But um, so there was some competition. You mentioned Giles and obviously Willie Cooley Stein. Um, but I, they, they were obviously, you know, heavily invested in Bagley. Vladi said he would have had taken the number one overall. Who knows how much of that was lip service. But the fact is they did take him over Doncic. Um, so uh, clearly they believe in him. Yep. Uh, I'm on Team Giles, actually. He, he's going to be a guy you'll get very late in the deepest of drafts, um, and uh, people forget about him, but I agree with you. He has yeah, nice even with the Bagley thing, which kind of hurt him just a tad, but they obviously want to play him. Um, and even Giles to Porter Jr. comparison, too, you know, this guy yep. who's hurt yep. college, sit him down um, so we can see that happening for a team that doesn't, Is, they don't need Porter at all. No. Is Giles going to play in Summer League? I don't, I don't know. So. I don't know if it's official yet, but I hope so, man. I hope so. If he quote unquote secretly looks good, then right. let that secret out, body. Do <laughs> right. it. They may want to keep it a secret till the regular season. Though. Yeah. Um, last position flexibility before we jam. That's Mikel Bridges is going to play. He didn't say they want to play him at the stretch four, but um, they talked about their four players they drafted all playing different positions. So that's kind of noteworthy because George King was is pretty much a straight three. So and he made it very clear they think they're different players. So I think that they're going to play him at the four a lot. Um, he has the size, obviously. I mentioned the pace. Uh, so all things point to Bridges getting kind of big minutes. Uh, a guy that was really in an optimal landing spot too, despite what his mom will say or how his mom feels about this. But um, yeah, I, I like him a lot. Um, and again, the Suns are going to be. Uh, I kind of I, I tend to draft Suns more than most people. Um, I follow them pretty closely, I guess. I probably follow them more closely than I should. But, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely will draft Bridges. Um, I don't know, I, maybe I'll take him over Knox. I don't know. I, I like them both, though. But I like Knox a lot, too. I'm a little bit skeptical on Bridges from a fantasy standpoint. Like, for instance, Bagley, I think, is a better fantasy player than he is reality. I think Bridges is a much better reality player than fantasy. My concern with Bridges and Phoenix is he's going to kind of get lost lost in the shuffle. Even if he plays you know, plenty of minutes, um, Booker's going to definitely get his shots. They're going to try to feed eight and make sure um, Josh Jackson's a year older. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think Bridges would – I could just see Bridges deferring a lot because um, he's unselfish. He's only going to take, you know, open corner three-pointers um, when they're presented to him. Um, and I think he's the type of guy that is content to, you know, put on his hard hat and just, you know, grind away defensively, versatile – you know, you, you expend a lot of energy on the defensive end playing uh, the best – you know, guarding the best perimeter player on other teams. So I'm a little bit concerned about his fantasy prospects from that perspective. I could see a little Trevor Ariza, though. Yeah, Ariza was awesome for a long time. Or even – or even his best case scenario, um, Otto Porter. You know yeah. that that you know that 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 that's kind of the best case scenario where he's so efficient and he knocks down threes and he gets steals and some blocks um, that he the, the numbers don't jump off the page at you. But at you know in, in basketball monster, he's top forty nine or something yeah. weird like that. You know, yeah, cool. I like kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I think we're out of here on that. Anything you want to add? Any other draft takes that we didn't hit? Um, no, I think, uh, I think we tackled, uh, most of the good stuff. Yeah. Um, other than, um, I guess Robert Williams sliding all the way down to 27, I guess, you know, from, from the Celtics perspective, it's a great pick, but from fantasy, um, I guess what happens with Baines, you, you, you see him getting any minutes at any point? I don't know. Uh, still got to bring him back. I know he wants to play there, but yeah, apparently yeah. Uh, sleep, people are sleeping on him. He's well, he's, well he's, he's sleeping through his own press conference. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, he uh, slept over his, his aunt's house, and his sister called, like, oh, yeah, wake up, you have a 
a conference call with the Boston media. Way to start for a guy that had off-court concerns. So, well, uh, we'll probably be sleeping on him on the on the draft for sure. So. True, true. All right, so we're out of here on that. You guys enjoy your week. We'll be back Thursday. Probably talk more free agency preview coming up on Sunday. So weekend changer. All right, man. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, buddy. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.